In this episode, we talk to Lynn Ray, author of the book, The F Book. Get excited, because this is Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. My guest today in this first of a two or three part series is Lynn Ray. Lynn is a fantastic author that recently reached out to me to share her story. She's the author of the upcoming book, The F Book, and I'm really excited for this series of episodes. We had a great conversation about things like depression, bipolar disorder, generating the courage you need to take action and to do hard things, reinventing yourself and, and better understanding who you are. And we also talked about things like habits and routines and what roles those have played in her life. So this series is going to be really, really good. One that I think you'll get a ton of value out of, and I'm excited to bring that to you. Now, just by way of her bio, Lynn Ray was diagnosed with depression at age 30 and bipolar disorder at age 35. She's been living with these illnesses since 1991 and has had numerous hospitalizations. Two psychiatrists told her at age 39 she would never work full-time again. She's proven them wrong. She's written two books, The F Book, aka seven F's to creating your fantastic future teaches you how incorporating these F's will lead to a happier, healthier, more joy-filled life. And the other one is called my journey back to myself, which depicts her struggles and recovery from bipolar disorder. So this is going to be a fantastic conversation, one that I'm sure you're going to get a ton of value out of. And since I like to keep episodes of this show short, I'm actually breaking it up into a few parts. So in today's part, we are discussing her story, her background, who she is, who she was pre-diagnosis and what that journey was like. And if you haven't already, I recently built a text bot to help you create your perfect morning routine. All you have to do is text the word routine to 910-407-1979, or the number can be found in the description of this episode. Now, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Lynn Ray. All right, so I am sitting down with Lynn Ray. She is the author of the F book. And I'm super excited to have these conversations with her because she's had quite a journey throughout her life as I, I just broke down in the bio and the intro to this episode. So I'm not gonna spend too much time on that. Without further ado, Lynn Ray, welcome to the show. How are you today? 
I'm great, Greg. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much for making the time. So we are going to be doing a series here, a, a, a series of episodes where we just have a conversation with you about your journey. We need to better understand who you are. So could you just sort of briefly explain, like, who are you and, and why, are, why are you here? My background, I, as a child, I grew up on a farm. I had a pretty ordinary boring life, you could say. I made friends easily. I got married at 19. A few years later, we started our family, and I thought everything was great. But mm -hmm. I believe depression started slowly over a number of years until after I'd been married 10 years, I was in tears and didn't really know why. And I went to a doctor and they told me I was depressed and put me on antidepressants. And within six weeks, I felt great. I mm. thought, okay, this is over. I can deal with life now. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, at the time, I didn't really seek any therapy or counseling to get to the root of the depression. I, I gave up my friends when I got married. I gave up the life I had when I met my soon-to-be husband. And I really think that's what started the spiral downward. I'm not blaming him, but we were just like oil and water. We didn't mix. Yeah. And I changed my life to make him happy. I think he changed his life to make our relationship work. So there were two people living together who weren't being themselves. <laughs> yeah. So I take it that you two aren't together anymore? No, no, no. Our marriage ended after 17 years in 1998. So I want to I dive into that just very briefly because that's a common, that's something I hear very commonly. This idea, especially when people get married early, this idea that you end up sacrificing a little bit of who you are what was it that sort of made you feel like you needed to do that? Well, our relationship wouldn't have worked if I hadn't have done what he wanted to do. I had girlfriends. I used to go dancing every weekend. He wanted nothing to do with that. He didn't tell me verbally. It's right. just that I would do what he wanted to do. We'd go to his friends and play cards on a Friday or Saturday night. We'd go out for dinner once a week, just the two of us. So like I said, I changed my life for him willingly. I just thought that's what I was supposed to do when I met somebody that I really liked. Okay. So you got married, you started to sort of change who you were, and eventually you started a family and, and all of this sort of came to, to a head in the form of depression. What was that? experience like like going to the doctor and being told you have depression here's what you need to do about it well that was scary like i said i knew something was wrong because i would be in tears every day and i thought what are these tears about i had no idea i couldn't mm -hmm. you know there was nothing happening in the moment i was just told by a psychiatrist you're depressed here take these pills you'll feel better and i did so I took the antidepressants for four years and then I stopped taking them because they were giving me too much energy. I couldn't sit still. I was just pacing around our home. I always had to be doing something. I wasn't relaxed. 
So I stopped taking them because I knew they weren't sitting right with me. And that led to my first breakdown and hospitalization. After I had this major breakdown where I ended up in the hospital, I was hallucinating, paranoid, psychotic. Then after that, I was very depressed when I came out later. When I, three weeks later, when I came out of the hospital, I was very depressed. I just mm -hmm. didn't care about anything. I didn't care about Christmas. I couldn't take care of my kids. All I wanted to do was lay in bed all day and cry or just be numb, not think about anything. I just couldn't function. There was nothing that brought me joy or happiness at that point. And it took a few years of these cycles to get out of it. Like I was hospitalized a year later and this time, that's when they told me I had bipolar disorder because the hospitalizations, when I went in, I was on this manic high. You obsess, you hallucinate, you get paranoid, and you can't even think straight. Your mind is just somewhere else. So this happened to me a few times. I couldn't take care of my kids. I couldn't take care of the, our home. So it was after the third hospitalization, actually, the nurses started asking me questions about my family and hobbies and friends. They finally asked me how my marriage was. I hesitated for about three seconds and replied, fine. And I could feel some sort of shifting or movement right there in my brain. And I went, oh, I've told a lie. I have to leave. And I wasn't working at the time. I didn't know how I was going to support myself. So it was scary, very scary. I had no idea what I was going to do for income. I ended up moving in with my aunt for four months and that gave me the time and space just to think and just be alone and figure out what I was going to do. And then one day I said, okay, I need enough money to live on for six months if I'm really going to leave. And it was so funny. You'll never believe this. A few minutes later, my husband called and said an investment of ours had sold. I would be <laughs> left with the amount of money I needed to live on for six months. Wow. Now, if that's not the universe answering a prayer very quickly, I don't know what is. So this road has not been easy. Over a 10-year period, I've had seven major hospitalizations. When I was told I wouldn't work, couldn't work full-time again, I thought, okay, I've got a lot of work to do on myself to prove, prove these doctors wrong. So one thing that I'm noticing, just sort of a consistent trend, is you being placed in these positions where you need to sort of dig deep and find the courage to, to keep moving forward. And you've been able to do that consistently every time, or at least every time that you've shared being in that situation. Where do you think that comes from for you? Well, <laughs> when I was first hospitalized and feeling sorry for myself, my mother and mother-in-law, they were right there to help with practical things get my kids off to school and take care of the house, okay? 
But when I was doing the why me, why me, my mother looked me in the eye. She said, why not you? And I thought, okay, I don't like this, but I'm going to deal with this somehow. Mm. And my mother-in-law, bless her heart, she said, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. I don't know mm. how or why this happened to me, but I have to just deal with it and overcome it somehow. So to wrap up this, this part of the conversation, what would you say in the last, since you were 39, what would you say have been sort of the, the biggest lessons that you've been able to w walk away from, from all of this with? I found out I'm stronger than I thought I was. We have to keep learning about ourselves and working on ourselves if, if we're going to have a happy, joy-filled life. Most people operate on cruise control most of their lives. They don't want to look inward. I have tried to make peace with anybody from my past that I had, let's say, difficulties with or just, you know, for some reason I didn't get along with certain people. I had to make peace with things from my past. And I did that by talking to the person or writing them a letter, telling them how I felt. We all need to look inside ourselves and see what's working and isn't working in our lives. And if something isn't working, we have to change it and do different. So that's it for part one of my conversation. Be sure to tune into part two, where we're going to be discussing habits and routines that she has sort of relied on in order to improve her own life and keep consistent with her behavior. If you want to connect with Lynn, I've linked to her LinkedIn in the description of this episode, as well as her email it's in the description of this episode as well. So feel free to contact her and say nice things. If you're listening to this right now, come join us over on YouTube. Link to that is also in the description. And lastly, if you want to get some help developing a morning routine that you'll actually stick with, text the word routine to 910-407-1979. Thank you so much for being here. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day.